down in twos. <laughs> nah, we do. Baby, breathe. But us, I know that, that, you know, the game that we used to love and we promote, it brings people together. And it hurts me sometimes when we have to sit up here to talk about stuff that divides the game. Now, now we got to answer for what this idiot has done. Hey, everyone. Welcome to an edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. An emergency pod today, going solo, had just had to react to the firing or the mutual parting of ways uh, between Steve Nash and the Brooklyn Nets. The wording was unclear. You know, first it was reported it was he was fired by Woj, and then he changed it to as a mutual parting of the ways. I think regardless of what it was, the end result is Steve Nash is no longer the coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Jacques Juan is the interim coach for the Bulls game on Tuesday. And the room, I mean, I guess at this point, it's more than just rumors. It seems like Ime Udoka is going to be hired as the Nets coach. Um, sounds like he is suspended by the Celtics right now, but they're not going to ask for any compensation and they are going to likely release him from his current contract. The Celtics will so that he can sign with the Nets. I think we have to start with the Steve Nash, um, fact that he's no longer the Nets coach. So I was going through his, uh, this timeline, right? And I think on this podcast, we have talked about the Nets timeline before over the past three years since they signed KD and Kyrie. But I thought the Nash timeline was, you know, a little bit more nuanced and had some interesting plots. So he was announced as the coach of the Brooklyn Nets, head coach of the Brooklyn Nets on September 3rd, 2020. So mind you, the NBA season was still ongoing at that point. It was the bubble. It was in the NBA playoffs. It, the Lakers won the title around October 11th of that year, 2020. So then active NBA season was going on. The Nets had uh, let go of Kenny Atkinson in March of that year, right before the pandemic. They made a change at coach where Jacques Juan, again, was the interim coach then as well. And he did coach the Nets in the bubble. Um, and he somehow still stayed on, even though the Nets switched from Kenny Atkinson to Steve Natch. They kept him as an assistant coach, I think, just because they value him as a locker room presence. So, the um, as we were saying, the, the Nets had got rid of Atkinson in March of that year. They hired Steve Nash on September 3rd. A little later after he was hired by the Nets, um, there was immediately some reports that he had. I mean, not reports, just with Stephen A. Smith famously on first take. Just talked about how as a white coach, he got a a great first-time job. It's not that black coaches haven't been hired in the past right after their playing careers ended. Doc Rivers, Jason Kidd uh, both did land head coaching jobs. But I think what Stephen A. was saying is that maybe white coaches aren't always their first head coaching job is in something like the Brooklyn Nets, you know, with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, this uh, superstar team. Uh, Nash had to answer those questions at his initial press conference, as did Sean Marks. And, you know, his career was already started off with this kind of controversy. And then another event before the season started, Kyrie went on KD's podcast and, you know, famously made the comment that the Nets don't really have a head coach. They don't need a head coach. You know, everybody, all the players on the team can be a coach potentially, whether it's Kevin and, and or Kyrie, you know, basically saying we don't need Nash. Um, you know, anyone can be a coach. And that, that drew a lot of uh, controversy as well. I think they the players or KD and Kyrie kind of brushed it off as a comment made on the podcast saying how they're in a collaboration with Steve Nash rather than more of a I'm the head coach, you play for me kind of thing. Um, 
they played it down at that time. But I think what it signaled was maybe that Nash is not going to have the command and respect of these two players. If they're going to go on a podcast and just openly talk about how he's not just a, he's not necessarily the head coach. So these two events right happened before the pre uh, before the regular season even started, and then opening night in 2020, coming off the bubble, and you know I went back and looked at this box score actually. So on December 22nd, 2020 was the op- opening night, and the Nets in Ke- Kevin Durant's first game as a Net, they won 125 to 99. This was less than two year two years ago in terms of the calendar, right? And I just um. It's just funny to see how the Nets and Warriors have gone different ways since that time. If you look at the Brooklyn Nets starting lineup that night, it was Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan, <laughs> Spencer Dinwiddie, and Kyrie Irving were the starters. The Off the bench, you had Jared Allen, Landry Shamit, Karis LeVert, Jeff Green, and Torian Prince. And at this point, Bruce Brown only played seven minutes in that game. Um, they also had uh, TLC. Timothy Luai Cabral, he only played six minutes. So the Nets were almost, I mean, they didn't know Bruce Brown was probably going to be an, a player at that point, like the way he developed into, but they were at least, I mean, 11 deep based on this lineup, right? And then you look at the Warriors starting lineup that night. It was Andrew Wiggins, Eric Paschal, James Wiseman, Kelly Oubre Jr., and Steph Curry. Um, and then off the bench that night was Kevon Looney, Ken Bazemore, Damian Lee, Marquise Chris, Jordan Poole. Brad Wanamaker, and Juan Toscano-Anderson. So, the Warriors got shellacked that night. Clay was out. He had just torn his Achilles, so he was going to be out for the whole season. Draymond wasn't healthy to start the year. And so, on that night, we thought, wow, the Nets are like this loaded deep team. This is the team that's going to run the table. They're likely the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Three days later, they won in Boston on Christmas night. Um, And... They shellacked the Celtics on the road, but the first thing that ha- the major thing that happened during that game was Spencer Witty, uh, Dinwiddie. We found out tore his ACL during that game, and he was declared as out for the season. And then shortly after that, you know the James Harden trade rumors start. He had re- requested a trade in the offseason. He showed up overweight, and then the Nets really had to weigh: Do they want to give up some of this depth that they have, eleven deep, twelve deep potentially? And traded for the third star, or really just rely on the depth of this team. And you know, KD and Kyrie will be good enough. But the thing you always have to consider, I think, maybe because of KD's injury history, did they want the insurance with the third superstar? But what was really happening around that time is Kyrie went on a leave of absence. It was um, not really said why. You know, there's pictures of him um, at an out. This is with the COVID restrictions still pretty strict at this time. At a outdoor uh, at an event without a mask for his sister's birthday, it was just really unclear why Kyrie was went absent from the team, and so the Nets maybe thought they might need a superstar insurance. They ultimately pulled the trigger with and traded for James Harden on January fourteenth of two thousand and twenty one. Uh, in that trade, they did give up Jared Allen and Torian Prince, who was sent to Cleveland. They gave up Rodion Kurugs and then all the picks to the Houston Rockets. A 2022 first, 2026 first, uh, 2022, 2024, 2026 first. Sorry about that. And then also a, a first round pick to Houston, uh, which was going to be, which was their 2022 first round pick as well. And then they traded Karis Levert to Indiana. So they they pretty much gave up between Allen, Levert, Prince. They gave up three of their rotation players 
And then they had already lost Spencer Dinwiddie at this point. So they were down four rotation players from just opening night. But they got James Harden. Um, and, you know, it it was a great start for Harden in Brooklyn. He was getting himself into shape. This is before he had any sort of injuries. He was like looking like an MVP candidate at one point. The Nets, it looked like they were smart in making the move. They recouped some of the depth through the buyout market. Blake Griffin... LaMarcus Aldridge both signed there. Bruce Brown developed as a rotation player. So it looked like the Nets had depth and they had the three superstars. They were just never able to be on the court together in what was a common theme uh, for this this Nets uh, era, basically. Uh, it was COVID year, so players were out with health and safety protocols. They would be out for two weeks with a positive test. That was the rules uh, that year. They uh, Kyrie got hurt at one point. KD had injuries. Harden then had his hamstring injury at the end. So the Nets... They only had, did not have, I'm not sure the exact number, but I think it was less than, it was maybe seven, eight games. That's all they were, all three stars were together. But man, when they were, when they were three playing together and they could not be stopped on offense, it was the number one offense uh, ever for the games that they played together um, in terms of offensive efficiency and points per hundred possessions. They did not play the defense, but I mean, they could just simply outscore teams. And so the Nets ended that year with a 48 and 24 record. That was good for uh, second seed. Uh, this is Nash's first season as a coach, 48-24. They uh, go then go to beat the Celtics in five games in the first round, and then they lost to Milwaukee in seven. And I think we analyzed that series before as well uh, about how that was a turning point. But you know, it looked like okay, they lost to Milwaukee because Harden was hurt, Kyrie was hurt, and KD could only do so much. They Go into the offseason. They signed players like Patty Mills uh, to, you know, add to the depth of the team. And then what happens? That another hit uh, hitch with the vaccine rule in New York City. We already have talked about how Kyrie chose not to get vaccinated. He missed a, he had to miss home games. He could only play on road games, but that was only after the Nets. Uh, you know, halfway through the season, they need, realized they needed him. Harden was a, off to a slow start. Durant had an injury. And we know how that Nets team ultimately broke up. Uh, the Harden trade, a second Harden trade, down this time to Philly. They get Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and then a first-round pick. Um, so it looked like the Nets were maybe going to... They were able to convert Harden into maybe two players, or three rather, with Drummond too. Simmons. They thought Simmons will eventually come back. Uh, that never materializes. Simmons never played a game for the Nets in the season he was traded. So then Nash is dealing with that. And then they get swept with the Celtics in the first round. And then going into this offseason, <laughs> first the issue with Kyrie, he opts in. KD has his trade request on June 30th. At one point, it was that KD uh, then requested Marks and Nash to be fired or let go. He said it was them or me. There was that. And then the, they all ultimately made up or so was reported. Um, so Nash is dealing with his best player calling for his job this offseason, which is not ideal. Um, and then with the with the Nets, then there's like the whole issues with how's Kyrie going to do. Um, they on paper again, the Nets seem like they had a good team, but they start they lose to Pelicans on opening night. They beat the Raptors in Game Two, but then go on a four game losing streak. They're one and five with the loss to the Pacers at home over the weekend, and then. Last night, they did beat the Pacers, uh, but again, it wasn't a very comfortable win. They uh, squandered an 18-point lead. And so you'd think like, yeah, if a coach is going to let be let go, being 2-5 and five is certainly a reason. But usually the night, night after a win 
And on the, they, they have a game tonight there. On the second night of a back-to-back, they're playing the Bulls. But, you know, I think the Nets decided this is the we got to make the move. They let go of Nash. In a ways, I think Nash may actually be happy about this. I mean, we just highlighted everything he's dealt with as a head coach. Um, you know, you are given superstar players, but if you have to deal with, like, constant dysfunction and answering questions other than basketball, whether it's with Kyrie, like now his most recent uh, issue with the tweets that he's re- retweeting and then pretending like what he retweets and is not going to reflection of his opinion. We don't need to get into that, but it's always something with the Nets and it's not always basketball. And I think that just was too much for Nash. Um, I think he probably will enjoy, you know, as he, he's made enough money as a, as a player and now with, as a coach, I'm sure he's still going to have years left on his contract that he'll still be paid for. Um, I think what what we really need to highlight here is the fact that just because you're given superstar players, um, it's not like we just assume like, you know, coaches like Phil Jackson. Oh, he always had Michael. He had Kobe. He had Shaq, you know, and that's he, he never had to do coaching because he had all these guys. But we're seeing that just because you're given those tools, you have to know how to coach them, how to lead them. And, you know, Steve Nash, he did not have that ability. Even as a former player, superstar player in this league, multiple MVP, he just could never command that respect. And I think that uh, he just, the defense was never up to par with the Nets. The playoff adjustments Nash was making was either too slow or he just wouldn't make adjustments. Um, you know, you're, <laughs> the only playoff adjustment just can't be, let's play Kevin Durant 48 minutes. Um, we just didn't see the in-game adjustments from Nash. And I think so. The Nets, they realize they need to go in a different direction. They're 2-5 and five now. The next question is really, is this a, just an isolated move to try to save the season? Or is the next thing to kind of like start tearing it up? Like trade maybe trade Kyrie. Uh, maybe go revisit the KD trade. Who knows? I mean, what the Nets are going to do. Uh, I think on another episode, we can get out talking to about the hiring of Ime Udoka and all the questions that will surround that. I think in the next couple of days, we'll have more confirmation that Yudoka will be the head coach that's uh, hired by the Nets. So we don't have to talk about it as a possibility, but more so maybe as a confirmed thing. And we'll have to see what further reporting comes for Yudoka, um, you know, in regards to his situation in Boston and uh, reasons behind that dismissal. But, man, NBA... Uh, <laughs> On November 1st, the first coach is fired. I mean, just two weeks into the into the season, uh, it's it's. I think it's just going to be a, another another year of. There's always storylines. There's always a player unhappy or like a situation that's dysfunctional, and I think that's what makes has made really the NBA a full year long cycle, a new cycle at least. But that's it for today's pod. Till next time, bye. I want to thank our producer Sandeep. Without him, this podcast would not be possible. If you want to get the latest news on the podcast and to support us, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BSJPod and check out our website at www.bsjpod.com. Thanks for tuning in.